Hello and welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kobar and I'm your host. And if you're tuning in for the first time, I appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is all about things health, fitness, mindset, martial arts, and pretty random, right? The whole concept with Satori is for us is in the moment at your best. How can you live your very best life, right? And so this particular podcast, the title is The Value of Habits, Routines and rituals. And you know, it was once I once heard this quote that goes like this The quality of your life is in direct relationship of the quality of the habits, routines, and rituals that you currently have in place. And I, I challenge you, if you were to analyze your day from dawn to dusk, uh, you'd realize that your, your day is made up of habits, right? As a matter of fact, it's said that 40% of our actions are not actual conscious decisions, but they're habits. Okay, and habits are one thing about habit is is maybe you've heard this before. I love this quote: "Good habits are hard to make but easy to live with. Bad habits are easy to make but hard to live with." And think about it: bad habits, man, whatever that might be, staying up late, eating too much junk food, that's easy to make that habit, right? Uh, but it's hard to live with. It doesn't help you in the long term, right? The flip side is good habits are hard to make but easy to live with. It's hard to get in the habit of maybe you know getting enough rest, getting up early, and training and disciplining yourself when it comes to what you're what you're eating and what you're listening to but once you get in that habit man that's easy to live with the 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 direct relationship fast forward a few years is dramatic right uh there's a a philosopher that lived around the turn of the century, as in uh, you know, the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, his name is William James, and he had a quote that goes like this, All our life, so far as it has definite form, is but a mass of habit. So once again, I would encourage you, I would challenge you to analyze your day from dawn to dusk and see what good habits you have, have in place. And, and if you do have those, man, which I'm sure you do, you have a ton of them, guard them, right? Okay, and, and bad habits that you have, what can you do to replace them? And of course, there's so many different levels, and we'll talk more about this as far as what kind of habits we're talking about or what category. But I want you to take a, a, a moment just to think about this scenario, okay? Let's just say that, you know, I have this habit. I, I stay up later than I probably should. You know, it's been a long day, and I get home, and I just want to unwind a little bit. So next thing you know, I'm in front of the TV, and, and or it could be the computer, right? And next thing you know, I'm, I'm channel surfing or, you know, surfing through Facebook. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I realize, whoa, I should have been in bed 45 minutes ago. And so, you know, it takes me a while to, 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 to wind down. I finally get to sleep. I don't get as much as I, I'd like. So I sleep in past, past the time I'm, I should get up. And, uh, and I get up just in time to realize, oh, man, I, I have to erase to get, let's say I have to be at the office at 9, right? So I, I get up. I don't have time to really uh, get my head on straight. I can't do any, I don't have a really particular morning ritual. Uh, I, I realize I don't have enough time to make a really good breakfast. Uh, so I drive through and I pull up and I get myself, a, you know, a, a, a coffee, an extra large coffee with triple, the, you know, cream and and, and sugar and a big croissant, right? And, and I chow that down. I make it just in time. Now think about that habit. Not that big of a deal if it's of an every now and then thing. But imagine if that's the majority of the days. Fast forward 10 years. How different is your life as compared to this? You know, I discipline myself to get to bed at, at, you know, at the right time. And if I don't, guess what? I still get up when I'm supposed to because I know eventually that's going to help my biorhythm set to the right time frame and allow me to sleep better. Uh, and so when I get up, I get up in plenty of time to where I really can set my day, right? You know, I have a ritual to, where, to where I'm able to, to, you know, to read something inspirational, kind of plan my day, uh, uh, maybe get some exercise, maybe get a meditation in or some breathing, have a really healthy 
uh, uh, you know, clean breakfast and get to work with plenty of time. Fast forward, think about the difference between those two things where you are in the future. It's pretty dramatic, right? Well, that's just one example. Now, compound that with a bunch of other things and you can see very quickly how the habits that you, their daily habits, how they can really affect you in the long term. And, and so... A lot of people are focused on goals, and I think having goals is important, certainly, right? I mean, you, you want to make sure that you know where you want to be in 10 years. So having written goals, we know the value of that, right? That's that's uh, pretty standard. However, I think it's probably, in my mind, equally or more important than making sure that you just take care of the days. Once you have those long-term goals, then one of my favorite quotes goes like this, take care of the days and the years take care of themselves. And you think about that. You want to have a successful life is made up of successful years, which is made up of successful months, which is made up of successful weeks, which is made up of successful days, which is made up of successful hours. You get the idea, right? And so really, once you have your goals really clear set, then man, it's just about every day doing you know, establishing, doing the right routines and rituals that are going to serve you somewhere down the line. Um, I'm going to give you an analogy is that, you know, I, I my, the only thing I enjoy, I enjoy martial arts. Of course, that's my, my, my career. It's also my hobby. The only other hobby that I have is, is I, I grow lots of vegetables. This year I have an incredibly, veg, incredibly amazing vegetable garden with lots of great stuff. And it's, it's very Zen, man. It's great fun to go out in my backyard and pick stuff and plant stuff and weed. And, and, you know, there's something really cool about growing your own stuff. Right. And, uh, I especially enjoy tomatoes and, uh, um, Imagine if I if I uh, got a tomato and I planted it, made it from seed, let's say, and uh, every every few days I want to know how that seed's doing, so I pull it out by the roots to check it. Well, you understand that's not going to help that tomato grow, right? So what do I got to do? First and foremost is I got to start with a good seed, right? And I got to make sure that I give it really good soil, and then I've got to make sure I put it somewhere where there's plenty of sun and warmth, and then I got to make sure to water it on a regular basis, and then I have to trust in the process, right? And so if it's good seed placed in good soil in a place with a lot of sun and I'm giving it plenty of water, guess what? Pretty good chance I'm going to end up with a, a really good tomato somewhere down the line. Well, it's very similar, you know, to the way we run our life, right? So if we have like our long-term goal, right, and then we uh, we basically make sure that every day we water it, we make sure to we keep the soil fertile, so to speak, right? That's our mind kind of set. Uh, we put it in the sun. That would be being in a really good environment, and then we just do the daily routine. Great stuff will happen. And so uh, to start out with, I want to share with you a couple different stories, and we're going to break this down into some details and some things you can do in a particular areas that at least for me are important. Maybe you might find them important, maybe not. But first and foremost, I had a gentleman come in, we'll call him Justin. And Justin trained with me all through school. And he went away to college at 18 or 19. And I didn't see him again. And by the way, when Justin left, he was a tall kid. He was 6'2", you know, 180, 185, real fit guy. Uh, you know, we, we were happy to see him go, although we were sorry to see him go as well, right? He's a great athlete, good guy, good attitude. Well, he graduated you know, from high school, went off, and I didn't see him again until he was 30. And he showed up at about 30 years old. He'd been out of college for a few years. He'd moved around. And he was back in town, and he wanted to start training. And, of course, I was excited about it. And But what I asked him, he wasn't the same guy. He was a 30-year-old version of Justin. And no longer was he weighing, uh, you know, 180, 185. He was now, he's about 230, 235. And, by the way, if you're 6'2", 
you can swear that pretty well, right? And he didn't look, you know, by any means like massively overweight. He was just a little thicker, right? He carried it pretty well, pretty evenly. But what he told me was, was I thought was really interesting is he goes, you know, I, I go, yeah, you look good. He goes, yeah, I know, but I don't like the direction I'm heading. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, right now I put on, uh, you know, however much he'd put on in 45 pounds in the last 10 years, I'm worried about where I'm going to be in the next 10 years. And I thought that was a really interesting analogy, right? So right now, you know, he can wear that weight, but if he keeps going, by the way, he also had gone to his doctor and his doctor had given him, you know, that his blood pressure is a little high, his cholesterol is a little high, and it was the direction he was going. In other words, if he kept on doing what he was currently doing, he wasn't going to like the re- re- uh, results going forward. And I think that's a great analogy for all of us, right? You know, are the things that we're doing on a daily basis really serving us? Are they empowering us? Are they helping us get to where we want to be? And in my mind, you know, that could, of course, be something specific. But in general, uh, imagine yourself however old you are right now. Uh, I'm going to be 60 on my next birthday. And, uh, and so, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years when I'm 70? What do I want to look like, act like, be like, no? And so what I got to do is kind of work backwards from there. And so what I want to do is I, I want to talk to you a bit about some various things that you can do uh, on a daily basis to kind of help you, the, your process forward. So first thing, I, and if you're listening to this podcast, that tells me already that you're living on purpose and that, that you're somebody that's really trying to get to the next level. How many people do I know? How many people do you know that haven't really matured a, a bit since they graduated from high school? They're just kind of going through the motions. There's no real on purpose about them, right? Uh, I know a lot of guys that are literally, you know, they'll tell you, yeah, you know, I've had 30 years. I know one one friend will tell me he's got 30 years of, of experience teaching martial arts. And he's been teaching martial arts for 30 years. But the reality is he's not any better now than he was 30 years ago. So I would tell him really... You don't have 30 years of experience teaching martial arts. You have one year of experience that you've repeated 30 times, right? So how can we not do that, you know, in in our life? Well, the key thing is to, of course, live on purpose, right? Live mindfully. What the heck does that mean? You know, is is to confirm, just to just to affirm this. There's really only here and now, and and whatever else you've done in your past. A lot of times we think we are, uh, you know, we're destined to a particular. a uh, lot, whether it be in health or or maybe our financial situation, our relationships, based on what we've done in the past. And but as Tony Robbins says, your past does not equal your future, right? You can change from where you are uh, to where you want to be. And so what I would uh, what I would ask for you guys to to really be thinking about is is uh, just to start off is to put your acknowledge and accept where you currently are. Okay. As far as let's just take health for example. Let's just say that this is making sense to you, and you realize, you know what? I need really need to get to the next level, and especially when it comes to my health. Okay. So that's great. Now we acknowledge and accept where we currently are. That's the first step. The second step is really to cultivate the belief that your best years are in front of you. And this is so important because having that real clear purpose is, is really valuable. So, you know, if you're thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with reliving past successes or days of glory and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, that's good every now and then to reminisce, but that's not where we want to live. That really keeps us from going to into the future, right? So the key thing is to really cultivate that belief that your best years are in front of you. And the issue with that is if you have a hard time doing that, then it's going to be harder for you to really to, to have that vision, that purpose as to where you're going. Therefore, developing these daily habits that you want aren't going to be as clear, okay? Um, 
I've shared this before, but if not, a reminder that there's really three types of motivation. There's desperation, there is inspiration, and there's purpose. And we've all been motivated by desperation. You know, gosh, I got to get this done. I got to get this project done. I got to find a way to pay the rent. And you know what? You almost always come through, right? Uh, There's no doubt because being motivated by desperation is really powerful, right? The flip side of that is motivated by inspiration. You're inspired by some person, place, thing, action, event that you went to. And what do you know, man? You're at your very best for a little while but once again like desperation perspiration perspiration (laughs) inspiration tends to be temporary the third type is purpose having a real clear purpose which is going to help this whole routine because if you don't know what the why's as to why you're doing things it's going to be hard to develop those those habits and routines okay so uh, cultivating a belief that your best years are still in front of you and then if we can do that, then from that position, then guess what? Now it's a matter of being real clear on what that is and then establishing habits. Now, here's what's really important to understand is that it takes self-discipline to develop new habits, no doubt about it. But once they're habits, it no longer takes self-discipline. It's just something that you do. Um, and every now and then, it, you know, you might need to be reminded. But for an example, for me, one of the, uh, I have, by the way, I, I've got a lot of room to grow. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things I can do better. But overall, at least the first couple of my hours of my day, every day, I've got my morning ritual pretty dialed, right? So I get up and I don't even really, I, I rarely even use an alarm clock. Uh, you know, and I get up usually about a quarter to five. I, I get up and, uh, um, uh, one of the habits I might someday eliminate uh, right now, I still embrace it and love it is I have, man, a, a cup of black coffee. First thing in the morning was I read something that's inspirational. It gives me a few minutes to wake up and then I love that part of the day, right? Nobody's awake. The place is quiet. My head is clear and, and I'll go through my gratitude journal kind of plans for the day and, uh, as a series of questions, what am I grateful for? How can I make it my day great? Uh, and, and, and a few things that really just kind of, uh, and a couple of affirmations, again, to get my head on really clear about the day. Then I go to the gym. I usually train for, uh, depending on the day, anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour, thereabouts, depending on the day and what I'm, I'm doing. And I'll come back and I literally live about three minutes from the gym. So it's a short drive. And uh, then I will uh, uh, do a, a meditation and make a healthy breakfast, prepare my lunch. Anyway, so that's my routine. So the deal is, is for me that really, if I can get that part out of the way, man, that makes an incredibly big difference. And so do I still need motivation to get up early and go to the gym? Yeah, I do. It's not easy. There's a lot of times I don't want to do it, but, but, but I've been doing it for 25 years now. So it doesn't take as much motivation or discipline, I should say, as, as maybe when I first begun it, because it's pretty much a habit for me, right? It doesn't feel right if I don't do it. And by the way, it's also important to understand that motivation follows action. You don't just wake up motivated. You have to take action. And that's where that self-discipline comes into play. All right. So that's the key thing is to focus on, on, on something and, and then give yourself, there's a great quote. And I've talked about this before in past uh, podcasts, and that is my word is law. It's a great concept. And that's how you develop self-discipline. And my word is law has to do with making a commitment to yourself and keeping it. For example, let's just say that you are, uh, it's time for you to get in better shape, right? You haven't exercised as much as you should. And if you say, man, I'm going to get up an hour earlier and I'm going to go to the gym every day. Well, guess what? No, you're not. That's a hard routine. You might do it for two or three days, but rarely will that work for most people. They're going to fall back into their habits. However, if you commit to getting up 10 minutes early and walk around the block once and you commit to that, your word is law, okay, for one week, well, all of a sudden, guess what? 
that's realistic. Chances are that's something you really can do. Okay, so I literally will will look myself in the mirror <laughs> uh, if I think I'm, you know, if there's something I need to do, I'll, I'll, I'll my word is law, and then I'll give my commitment. And to me, that's you know, that's something that's that's really sacred that I'm gonna, you know, very rarely do I ever not follow through. But guess what that means? I only commit to things that I that 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 I have a realistic chance of following through. That keeps me from making a lot of commitments that I that I might otherwise make that I know in the back of my head, uh, I'm really, I'm, you know, maybe it isn't the right fit for me. Okay. Uh, so that's how you start. So you take small areas, right. And make incremental change, change over time. And next thing you know, back to exercise, you commit to getting up 10 minutes early and walk around the block and you commit to that for a week. Then guess what? The next week you say, all right, I got that. I'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier. I'm going to walk around the block twice. And I'm going to add 10 pushups and you commit to that for a week. And then you get the idea and slowly over time, all of a sudden, you're on a whole nother level. It's a concept called incrementalism. And incrementalism is basically the concept of slow change over time. But one of my um, mentors and master instructors, Grandmaster June Ree, uh, who was super influential for me, he recently passed, uh, uh, was a gentleman that was the considered the father of taekwondo in america and that wasn't my 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 first system although i did end up uh training with him for years uh but i i had great respect for what he did but he i remember never forget he would say peaceful evolution versus bloody revolution peaceful evolution versus bloody revolution and that's you know one method of, of modifying the, those those devalue that those habits and routines and rituals right and so once again, the concept of incrementalism is imagine that you were in a room with 20 people and they're all 20 people were sitting in chairs and they asked you to go outside the room. And uh, if they took five chairs away and five people out of the room and they brought you back in, they'd say, what's different? You'd say, well, there's less people here. It'd be very apparent. However, if they only took one or two of the chairs away, it would be hard for you to perceive a difference because the change is 10% or less. So that's kind of the concept with this, right? Is small changes over time. And, and then the more habits that you develop that are powerful, then it, it frees your mind up to really focus on other things. For example, one of the things that I do, and chances are you guys, a lot of you guys will do the exact same thing. We're creatures of habit. If we go uh, to, if we go into a, a boardroom, you know, every week, the same place, we'll almost always pick the same chair right uh if you go to church on sunday you almost always go to that same pew and there's comfort in consistency but also it clears your brain as to where you know what you you know uh, another thing to think about for me when i go to the grocery store right i park uh, at least you know when i go to the main grocery store i go to 90 90 of the time i go to a bel air on the corner of fair Oaks and manzanita in carmichael california been going there my my whole life practically right i mean even my mom shopped there when i was younger right and and so i park in the same basic area uh, every time so there's never a time where i have to think about okay where did i park my car so that frees my mind up for other things and the more you can do that in other areas of your life the, the more you can free your mind up for new tasks and slowly over time then what you do is you build all these powerful habits and man you're at the next level so i think i've i've I beat this to death. How much, how value, you know, how valuable, important your daily habits are. Let's talk about um, uh, different habits or different areas that I believe that you should focus on. So first and foremost, it's my belief that if you don't take good, great care of yourself first, then you're not going to be very good for anything else, any other goals. Uh, a quote I heard once was, "Those who have their health have many goals. Those that do not have but one." Meaning, when you're not feeling good, you're sick. The only thing you're thinking about is getting better, right? That's all you can focus on. So I think that's a really important place to focus on is your own personal health. And you know, a lot of people think, "Maybe oh, that's selfish. I should be thinking about my." 
my family or, you know, my job or my career or whatever. And now, of course, I'm not telling you not to think about your family. I don't know about you, but I know that I'm a way better husband. I'm a way better father. I'm a way better friend. I'm a way better boss. I'm a way better instructor when I'm feeling good about myself, when I'm healthy and fit. It's kind of like when you hop on the plane, the first thing they say uh, uh, when the flight attendant's giving you the instructions and make put your mask on first. I know that's a very cliche statement, but it, it's important to remember. And then you put it on other people. All right, so it's the same concept. So let's talk about some various areas that I think that would be important for develop daily habits. So let's break this down. So we can go. Uh, uh, you know, we, we can we can go for what, depending on who you're talking to and depending on how much excess body fat you have, you can go literally seven to 10 days, even longer without eating very easily, right? Uh, some people have you know, documented that they've gone a lot longer with fast, right? So that's important. But what, what can't, well, water, what can we do? Maybe three days, right? Two to four, depending on the person and depending on maybe less if you live in a, a real hot, humid climate, right? And you're exercising, maybe even less, uh, breathing, how long can you go? Well, depending on how long you can you know, hold your breath, the average person probably can hold their breath before they pass out 45 seconds, right? But for more, some people can go build up to seven, eight minutes. That takes years of, of experience. But the whole idea is that pretty much within a few minutes, if you don't get breathing, then, you know, if you don't aren't able to intake oxygen, you're in deep trouble. So let's kind of start with that. Uh, the first thing that I think is important on to develop the daily habit of proper breathing. And what the heck does that mean? Of course you breathe. You're breathing right now. But the key thing is to understand is that most of the time what we train over time to do is we we actually learn how to breathe incorrectly. If you look at a newborn baby and you watch it breathe, you'll see its belly comes fills up first, right? It does what's called diaphragmic breathing or abdominal breathing, which is correct breathing, deep breathing through the belly. So what happens over time, we often learn how to or, or get in the habit of chest breathing. And when you breathe through your chest, it's important to remember that what happens is is breathing, shallow breathing through the chest, uh, what, what happens is it's associated with being angry, irritated, upset, frustrated, uh, tired, lethargic, all those states, right? And, and, uh, and you're not fully oxygenating your blood. Uh, you're just not going to be as alert, right? So the key thing is to work on that deep breathing, diaphragmic breathing, right? Preferably through the nose because when you breathe through the nose, you engage the lower lobes of the lungs, which are associated with being calm and centered and all those things that, that you all know. If you're a parent or you're a teacher and somebody, you've got someone crying, what do you do? You tell them, take a deep breath, take a deep breath because we know the value of taking that deep breath. So if we know that, why isn't that something we practice on a regular basis? And by the way, if you're already doing it, great. But if not, can you three or four times a day, okay, hopefully longer, but at least start by uh, working on, on, on sitting down and taking a minute or two and taking 10 to 20 nice, deep, thorough breaths. It's amazing uh, the difference that this can make on your ability to kind of uh, to fully oxygenate your blood. There's a lot of science that says that's an incredibly healthy thing for you to do, which, uh, you know, will, of course, calm you and, and make you more alert and uh, um and it, you're, it, there's a lot of research that says that even can help stave off, increase your immune system and stave off sickness and it's, et cetera. So it's a real simple thing to do. And I know a lot of people think, man, I don't have time. Everyone has time to pull your car over the side of the road or put the do not disturb sign on your door and do some deep breathing. It's incredibly powerful. So that would be one habit I would strongly encourage you to do. The next, which is right along the lines, has to do with your posture. And we've talked about this in the last in in, in, in uh, prior podcasts, but this this when you practice your breathing, your posture, those two things go right in line together, right? So by the way, a, a thing that I, I learned recently that I'd never heard before and I want to share it with you when it comes to having, you know, like like when you're sitting, um, is that it, when you're sitting to really 
help that posture be straight. All you have to do is imagine coming out from your tailbone as a tail. If you're sitting on your tail, in other words, if you're rolled back, that's not good. But imagine you'd be able to wag your tail, right? Your tailbone, uh, uh, then what? It's all you really have to focus on. I'm doing it right now as as I'm seated, seated, and it's amazing the difference. All of a sudden, my posture is clean. All I have to do is focus on really uh, pointing my tailbone out, so to speak, all right? But so that would be another thing. So to get in the habit every day, can you practice? By the way, you can combine the two together. A real easy exercise would be is to do the mountain pose in yoga. Mountain pose is standing straight, uh, all right, with your posture, your chin in, your shoulders over your hips, over your knees, your your arms, you know, your shoulders wide, you know, and also uh, your palms to your side, but palms facing slightly forward is my preference because what that does, that brings those shoulders in perfect line as, uh, uh, for, for better posture. And then do your breathing from there. And then what you're doing is you're killing two birds with one stone. It's a very powerful position. I'd strongly encourage you to find a time to do that. Right, so, so we've talked about posture and breathing. Okay, number next is the habit of drinking, being staying hydrated. Right, so many injuries that we, that, you know, so many uh, not injuries, but so, so much can be cured by dehydration. So you know, there's there's said that de- dehydration is linked to irritability, fatigue, okay, and hunger. So think about that. If you ever find yourself grumpy or tired right? Or just starving. Chances are all you need is you're just a little dehydrated, right? And so um, general school of thought, there are conflicting thoughts on the process, but general school of thought is half your weight in ounces a day. So I weigh 180 pounds. I need to drink about, what is that, 90 ounces of water every day. Sounds like a lot, but guess what? I may not get there, but in my effort to get there, because I'm trying to stay hydrated, I'm going to drink more than I would otherwise. Although um, you can get hydration from soda, it's not recommended, right? You don't want to drink your calories, which kind of goes into the next section. If you were to just to change one thing, that's kind of a, a combination of hydration and nutrition, it would be don't drink your calories. Unless something specific like uh, I have a, a, a kale smoothie that I make every day. <clears throat> and it's a, a combination of kale, spinach, broccoli blueberries, some kind of berry, frozen berry, and apple juice and water as a base. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's, that's you know, my, my daily routine that, that guarantees that I'm going to get ample servings of, 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 of vegetables on top of whatever else I might eat. So that I'm getting some hydration from there, uh, of course, as well. And I'm getting calories at the same time. But generally, the concept is to not to drink your calories uh, uh, which would be in, in the form. I mean, you might take a protein supplement of shake of some kind. I get that. But we're, what I'm talking about is excess sugar or cream in your coffee or soda, etc. If you can just eliminate that habit, uh, research is amazing. You know, somebody that's drinking two or three sodas a day, if they're able to cut that down to, 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 to you know, mineral water, flavored mineral water of some kind, uh, fast forward a year later, that alone, they could lose seven, eight, ten pounds just for that one thing. And of course, not just it's not just about the weight, it's about how you feel as well. So that would be another habit I would challenge you to do. Now, if you occasionally want to have a soda, hey man, you splurge, right? Whatever you want to do every now and then is fine, right? It's we're, Once again, we're talking about those daily habits. And you know, one of the things that we teach our kids in our junior program, 
And when it comes to when we want to help the eating challenges, the importance of drink water for hydration. Other stuff is for for taste. And I'll never forget my son, who's now 23 years old, was about eight or nine years old, and we were at a restaurant, and we don't ever have soda in our house, never have, right? We're at the soda, he goes, Dad, can I get a Sprite? And I go, yeah, sure, son, you go ahead. So he gets a Sprite, he's all excited, he sits down, and he goes, oh, oh, Dad, I need some water. I go, I thought you had your Sprite. He goes, yeah, but I'm I'm really thirsty. And and then he he, he uh he quotes a, a, one of the instructors, Sensei Richie. But Sensei Richard told me when I'm really thirsty, I need to drink water. And I was thinking, yes, those messages of the week really do pay off, right? So it's a good rule of thumb is that for hydration, drink water, right? And and, and then for, for, for taste, you know, every now and then for your sweet tooth, you can drink something else, right? Okay, so that would be the next thing to be thinking about. And I already kind of stepped into the, the next area, which is develop some kind of ritual when it comes to your nutrition. And, you know, there's a lot of different theory out there. And this is a really controversial uh, subject with a lot of mixed science out there. And I think it's important to understand that if you put 10 uh, uh, nutritionists into a room, right, and you asked them, you know, that came from different, they were educated at different colleges, you probably have 10 different viewpoints on what on what you should eat, right? And and so it's very confusing out there. And very few people... People agree, but but pretty much everybody agrees that we should stay hydrated. Pretty much everyone agrees we should drink, eat a lot more fruit, right? I, and a lot more vegetables. And and there is a disagreement on fruit, but for me, I mean, it's what's more natural than that. But for me, I think a good rule of thumb is two to one uh, vegetable to fruit ratio, and I'd like nine servings a day. It sounds like a lot. It's not difficult at all. So imagine what that would mean is six servings of vegetables, three servings of fruit. And you're thinking, there's no way. Well, guess what? It's super easy. First off, a serving is like a, a half a cup, right? You know, uh, uh, of of like imagine you took a a, a, a half a cup of of berries. That would be a serving. A, a cup of of spinach, right? So you add that up, and, that, and that's part of the reason why I do my kale shake because I'm able to pretty much cover almost all that in one serving. Okay, so I, I'm getting uh, my stuffed kale and broccoli and spinach in there, and I use, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you frozen berries of some kind in there, and uh, apple juice for flavor. I, I'd like to say I use water, but for, for me, it just if I put apple juice in there, I like it just as much as a Jamba juice. Somebody else might not, but I've I've trained my my taste buds to where I I, I look forward to that taste. And guess what? At the end of the day, I've already had. Uh, you know, almost my, my full allotted member uh, amount just then. And I share this with you because whatever else you eat, if you simply start out like your lunch and dinner, let's say you have a healthy breakfast. I personally am a plant-based guy, so I don't consume dairy or, or, uh, um, uh, any type of flesh. I'm not telling you that's what you should do. That's just what's worked for me. And, and if, uh, and if people ask, you know, where you get your protein, if you're eating really healthy food, there's plenty of protein right in that and uh any anybody like i said i've been doing this since 1989 is the last time i i had any type of flesh i've given up dairy a few years back and i might occasionally there might every now and then i might have something that has a little cheese in it uh, but all in all so i'm sharing this with you because uh, i'm not telling you, you should eat that way but i am telling you that if you so my breakfast is is a is a is basically oatmeal mixed with banana and cinnamon in a in a food processor that and then I add some nuts to it and and some uh, uh, some ground chia seeds ground flax seeds and I bake them like cookies it's t- incredibly tasty high in protein you know good quality food uh, uh, and and uh, uh, so from there that would be my breakfast whatever you have if you have eggs or egg whites or whatever but but then for lunch and dinner man if you just start make sure that you have man, ample amounts of vegetables and of course I guess potato chips and 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 uh, um, 
French fries are, are a type of vegetable. That's you know that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about leafy green vegetables, cruciferous things such as broccoli and cauliflower, etc. If that's what you lead with, then whatever else you eat in moderation will will, will work for you. By the way, there's also a phrase when there it goes like this: harihachibu. It's a it's a Japanese phrase that basically means eighty percent full, and it's it's used to describe the, the the mindset of a samurai when they'd eat. They 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 wouldn't eat until they were in theory. I'm sure there's plenty of samurai that were gluttonous, but the theory behind it, the principle behind it is is that they weren't wouldn't eat until they were full they'd eat until they're not hungry and i think it's really significant difference and this is something i've really been striving for is is uh, is not like stuffing myself eating slower and mindfully and then eating until i'm comfortable i always appreciate later on and and so if you do that and you start with vegetables man you're off to a great start now the next part a daily ritual would be uh would be the the importance of making sure that you are um absolutely stressing uh, um, exercise of some kind. I believe every day of the week. I believe seven days a week. Uh, that's my preference. I think if you take a day off, it's not a big deal. I'll take an occasional day off. But, but you know, you eat every day. You drink every day. As long as you vary the exercise and it's not too extreme, then I think, you know, uh, uh, that's a good thing. And, of course, we've talked about this before, but something where you're involving, there's strength, there's flexibility, there's mobility, uh, there's endurance, and maybe you're not doing all those things every day. You can look at my past broadcasts on the subject where we talk about it. But, man, that's such an important thing to make sure that you're keeping your body hard. And then looking forward, what can you do every day as far as your education? Do you have a habit of every day that you have a half hour that you're you're listening to a podcast that's of value? You're reading a book or some kind of habit. What about your relationships? Right, you know, a great habit is to every day try to reach out to an old friend, right? To try to interact and have a meaningful relationship with your spouse or your child. You guys get the idea. I don't know what's exactly right for you, but you do if you put some thought process to it, right? And so if you do this, if you take a little thing at a time and you focus on one area until you get it down and then you add on, and then you, you know, until you get that down and you add on, then pretty soon, man, you're on a whole nother level. And it all starts with what you think about and where you want to go. I believe this is Ralph Waldo Emerson. I'm not sure, but I want to leave you with a quote, okay? And it goes like this. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Right. So once again, it starts with a thought and then that creates an action. And then that action, once you've done that repeatedly, that becomes a habit. That's what we've been talking about here is those habits and routines and rituals. And man, that's going to really shape your character, which is going to really shape where you want to go. And, and I, I'm a big one last thing. I'm a big fan of the morning ritual and the evening ritual. And so starting the day on purpose and ending the day on purpose. I kind of talked about my morning ritual. The evening ritual would be to kind of contemplate the day, think about what went well and what you could have done better. And then any, any issues that you might have, man, write them down. You know, write them down, what you're concerned about on a piece of paper. Because what that does, that gives your unconscious a chance to let that go. Uh, and, and, and then you can pick it up in the morning. And also, I find when I do that, it, you know, I'm, I often wake up. If I've got a problem, I write it down. A lot of times in the morning, I have a solution that popped into my head because I kind of I pose that question to my unconscious. So anyway, I hope this has been valuable. I sincerely appreciate you being a part of this and look forward to having you went back for other episodes. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>